We all love Christmas, the songs, the scenes, the traditions. But the story can become too familiar. What if this year we took a look with fresh eyes and Christmas became less sentimental and more sensational? Join us today as we look at Christmas Restoried. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. I, I can see you all. It's not dark enough yet that I can't see you. I can still see you. And I can hear some of you as well. Kids, it's great to have you in the service with us. We're, we're, we're happy to be able to share this time together. I'll do my best to keep things tight and short for you parents. Uh, but um, uh, it's great to be together as, as a whole uh, church family together. Also want to uh, say another welcome to those that are online joining us online uh, as, we, uh, as we spend this day as we think about saying goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024, as we get ready to open God's word, would you please uh, bow your heads with, with me as we uh, commit this time to him. Let's pray. Father, we just take a moment and uh, express our gratitude for your presence, the presence, your presence through your spirit. We pray that you would find us uh, open. You would uh, find us willing and available uh, to hear from you, and we would be ready to obey as you command. Uh, We commit this time to you. Uh, May it use it for your purposes in our lives as individuals and families and as a community of Christ followers. In Jesus' name, amen. So how are you feeling about 2024? You, You ready? You ready to step into a new year? How are you feeling about it? Are you feeling pretty excited? Are you feeling pretty strong? Uh, uh, the Bible is full of examples of people that I think we could turn to and, uh, and uh, look, uh, look to for encouragement, right? Lots of heroes in the Bible. Are you feeling like you want to be a hero in 2024? Kids, how many heroes can you think of when you, um, you think of the Bible characters, right? To tell your parents one or two of the heroes, your heroes from the, from the Bible. And, uh, uh, you know, the obvious ones come to mind, right? We've got David. David defeats the Goliath, right? This little guy defeating this big guy. We've got Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den. Who wouldn't like to be Daniel, right? To have that as part of your testimony. Uh, how about Esther, right? Esther, who is there and uh, who is used by God to save an entire people. And then there's also Stephen in the New Testament, right? Someone who never denied Jesus and was worshiping in them, worshiping him as they stoned him to death. Oh, was that me? Sorry. Lots of heroes in there. That was for dramatic effect. Um, lots of heroes in the Bible. Uh, as you feeling like you want to be a hero in 2024? Well, uh, I don't see many head, heads nodding. Maybe it's because you're not feeling like you want to be a hero. That's understandable. But we can, of course, go to Scripture and find plenty of examples of that as well. Right? Group of people that are kind of like anti, anti-heroes. People who sort of demonstrate a desire but really don't have much follow through. We've got Jonah, right? The prophet who spends his time running away from God and then complaining to God. We've got Samson, right? Who God blesses, who gives us the entire strength, but he gives up his strength. And then in the New Testament, we've got Peter. Peter who has all these great intentions. 
and yet um, he ends up denying Jesus three times. Are you feeling more like an anti-hero as we head into 2024? It's tempting to worry about the conditions that we face in 2024, right? It seems like costs are rising. It seems like housing is more difficult to come by than ever before. Cultural cues don't appear to be honoring God. And those are just kind of the general ones, right? What about the circumstances in your own life? What are the challenges that you're facing as you head into 2024? Some of you know you've got health struggles. And you're going to face those again in 2024. Some of you know you've got mental health struggles and you're going to face those again in 2024. Some of you know that you have relationship struggles and yes, you're going to, you know that you're going to face those again in 2024. How do you want to face these things? How should we, as Christ followers, face these things? Let me suggest to you this morning that despite whatever challenges make up your life right now, as followers of Jesus, we need to know that we can step into 2024 confidently. But as we head into this new year, we also need to know that it takes heart to be a Christian. Not just now, not just in our time, generations previous and the generations to come. It, we need to know that it takes heart to be a Christian. And then finally, we need to know how to get heart or how to take heart. And that's all I want to talk about this morning is those two words. Take heart. I want to remind you of two stories that we read of in Matthew chapter 9. Both of them are there. They're in your sermon notes. One is of the, the paralytic man Another one is the suffering woman. You know the story of the paralytic man, right? He is paralyzed. This text doesn't really say how he got that way. All, all we know about this gentleman is that he couldn't move. He couldn't do stuff on his own. He needed help, especially to travel from place to place. If he had any desire to do that at all, he needed help. He was at the complete mercy of other people. We know this of the suffering woman who had been suffering, the text said, for 12 years. 12 years. Some of you know what it's like to suffer for a prolonged period of time. And here is the story of this woman who was suffering for 12 years, who is, the text indicates, basically at the end of her rope. She was desperate. Same could be said of the paralytic man as well. He would do anything, basically humiliate himself if it meant there was any, any chance whatsoever of getting help. If you look at Matthew chapter 9, what are the first words Jesus says to each of these, to both of these two people? To them directly. After 
this man's companions, the paralytic man's companions bring him to a place where Jesus was teaching and it was so crowded that they couldn't find any space and so they went up top uh, uh, of the house that Jesus was in and they tore out the bits of the roof so they could lower him down. What did Jesus say to him? Take heart. Then the suffering woman comes and, and, and has heard about Jesus and, and wants to, and as I said, is kind of at the end of the rope, desperate to try anything. She thought to herself, I, I don't know where this, this would have come from, but she thought to herself, well, maybe if I just go and touch the hem of his garment, touch a piece of his shirt, maybe that will help. How far at the end of the rope do you need to be when that makes sense to you? So she finds Jesus, but of course, Jesus at this time, one of the uh, highest parts of his public ministry, he was crowded with people. And so it, she had to basically body check her way through the crowd to get to Jesus, and then just to, just to touch a piece of his shirt. And she turned around and left. In that moment, Jesus said, knew something had happened. After saying, who touched me? The disciples were saying, well, everybody touched you. Right? You're in a crowd. No, somebody, something different happened. Then the woman stepped forward. What was Jesus' first words to her right there? Take heart. This, I believe, central, can be our theme for 2024. What would it look like if each of us as individuals with us as families, and with us as a faith community decided this year, unlike any other year, we're going to do what it takes. We're going to take heart. So let me ask you this. How do we take heart? What was Jesus saying to these people? The, the Advent season is full of words from the angels like, do not fear right? Take away the, the fear. Here we have a message from Jesus that is sort of the positive version of that. Fear not, but he says to fill that gap that is left when you don't fear, he says instead, take heart. So how do we do that? To do that, I think we look at one verse. And this is the verse that actually took me, I took to heart during this Advent season. The, this verse was read to us very early on in the Advent candle lighting season. And this is the verse in John chapter 16, verse 33. Part of a wonderful uh, passage of scripture about Jesus helping to prepare his disciples in, in, in basically the, the three chapters, 14, 15, and 16, for his death. And then as he begins to turn and, and spend some time praying for them in chapters beyond, chapter 17. Right in the middle, this transition verse, right at the end of J John chapter 16, we've got this great verse. There it is. I have said this to you, Jesus speaking, right? This, this being, uh, let, letting his disciples know what it is that uh, was going to happen, right? That he was going to basically uh, going to die. He wasn't going to be with them for much longer. All of this, this I say to you so that in me, you may have peace. And then he says, in the world, you face 
persecution. Some of your versions will say something like, in this world you will have trouble. And here's the words of Jesus. But take heart. Take heart. Why? I have conquered the world, Jesus says, dramatically. I've conquered the world. In the, in the Johannine narrative, right, Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. He had not yet been buried, and he had not yet raised again. And yet here Jesus was making the claim, I have conquered the world. Letting his disciples know that the, the reason you can take heart, the very heart of this is because of what I'm going to do. So let's look at this verse really quickly here this morning and learn how to take heart as we head into 2024. Five things I want to quickly kind of point out to you in this verse, okay? First of all, we have Jesus's words. This verse is, is a great verse because we, we can kind of take it and apply it in, in all kinds of different uh, time periods. It wasn't just the words that Jesus told his disciples then, but that was important to them at that point. It's the words, it's the words of scripture that we have now that, that, we, that we can use for our benefit, that he has given to us to help us, to prepare us, to give us insight into life, to give us uh, um, direction for how to take our steps and giving ultimately in these words an example for us to follow as followers of Jesus as Christians. In his words, we have both truth revealing our own heart, revealing our own nature, revealing the, the nature of this world. And we also have an example, an explanation of how we navigate this space and time. The life of Jesus. So the first piece, the first characteristic, the first um, insight into how we get heart is the words of Jesus, the words of Scripture. So maybe this year, maybe this year for some of us, that's what we need to. That's how we need to demonstrate we're taking heart. We need to jump back into scripture and we need to read more. We need to study more. But that's not it. Jesus says, I've said this to you so that in me, don't read past that too quickly. He says, in me. These two words in me, I got a few two word things for you. These two words in me is thematic throughout the New Testament. Paul builds so much of his gospel, so much of his teaching on these words in Christ. The basis for salvation is our relationship to him. If we are in Christ, we are new creations. In Christ. And so Jesus says, in me, in me, that is this, this uh, wonderfully mysterious, but, but uh, claim that your relationship with Christ is the pr premise on which all of this is built. So he's inviting us to a decision. So maybe for some of us, 2020, uh, 2024 represents an opportunity to respond finally to the work of Jesus in your own life. Surrender to him. Give him your life. Submit to him. Trust him fully with all that you have and all that you are. Admit to, your, admit to him and to yourself that you need help. There's nothing wrong with that. 
In fact, that's so important that we do that. So maybe 2024 is, is building this foundation by being in him. Everything in our life is in him, in Jesus, and through Jesus, and by Jesus, and for Jesus. I've said this to you, Jesus said, so that in me you might have peace. That you have peace. Now, here, all I want to say about this, we've heard this before probably, right? If we've talked about this at Central before. Peace, scriptural peace, Christian peace is different than simply just the absence of conflict, right? It's the difference between, you know, just saying, just trying to settle everything down, right? So that, so that, you, can just, so that you can just rest for a little bit. When you know it's inevitable that it's going to start back up again, right? So you get this one aspect of your life settled. Okay, I've got this going. I'm going to get this settled, and then I can rest and I can relax. Peace is about uh, scriptural peace. Christian peace is, is, is about shalom. It's about human flourishing. It's about us saying that because we are in Christ, that we're trusting the words of Christ, and so we're in him, then we can be who we're truly meant to be. So that it, despite all the stuff that happens around us, because we all know that it's, that, that it, we're going to get to it in a second, in this world we will have trouble. Right? So being a good Christian doesn't mean that we don't have trouble in our life. Being a good Christian knows what it is to, to have shalom in the midst of this. And that's a whole nother message unto itself. But, but I want to remind you of, of that. It's this idea of human flourishing, who we were meant to be. This, this interaction, this interplay between God and us, and then translating and transferring into the decisions that we make and the life we live. That's the shalom. That's the peace that when scripture talks about it, that's what it refers to. In this, because in this world, Jesus says, which is number four, you face persecution or you will have trouble. Right? This is not um, pie in the sky type of thinking that we're not here to tell you. I'm not here to tell you that if you commit your life to Jesus, everything is going to work out great. Everything is going to be fine. You're going to be healthy if you just have enough faith. You're going to be wealthy if you just have enough faith. That's not what Jesus said. That's not the message he's saying. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. That's it. Full stop. Okay, that's part of life. Being a, being a follower of Jesus is uh, the difference between that and not is how we navigate the trouble. Christ is saying, if you take heart, if you, if you recognize all of these characteristics about what it is to follow me, you will be able to navigate the challenges, the trouble that inevitably we will all face. As I said before, some of us know part of what the challenge of 2024 is going to bring. Many of us are sitting here with no idea what's ahead for us. Some of us will face trouble like we've never faced before. We might get a diagnosis. There might be an accident. There might be a family breakdown. Who knows? We don't know that yet, but we will face it. What are we going to do? That doesn't change. But then here we have these words, but take heart. Why? Have courage, be brave, whatever, however you want to kind of interpret that. In, in, some, in some translations, it says, uh, take courage. 
But I like this idea of taking heart, of, 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 of taking, of recognizing that this is part of, it, it, it comes from the very center of who we are. That it's not just out there, it's not just an external, it begins with here. It begins inside. It begins when you and God are just together on your own saying, God, this is, and, and where you admit, God, this is too tough. And then you hear these words, take heart. And then Jesus says these wonderful words, right? I have overcome the world. I have defeated the world. And of course, in terms of chronology, that hadn't happened. But in terms of reality, that was the case. It was going to be the case. It was just one step after another. And then what happened was Jesus demonstrated that. He showed that death has no longer any victory over us. Sin no longer has any victory over us because he's offered, he's paid the penalty. So when we feel that guilt, we have a place to go with it. When we face death, we can do so knowing that Jesus has overcome. We can face 2024 knowing that Jesus has overcome. We can get through it. So Christian courage or taking heart begins with Christ. But actually, it also ends with Christ. (laughs) And actually, you know what? Everything in between has to do with Christ. It isn't simply just praying a prayer. It isn't simply just admitting you need God. It's all of that. Yes, it is. It starts there, but it's also then you and I committing to say this year or this day or this moment or this next moment, I'm going to do what I think Jesus would want me to do. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. Because that's the only way we have victory in this life and beyond is when we follow Christ, is when he is the beginning and the end and everything in between. So Christian courage begins with Christ in terms of summary statements of these five things. Christian courage or taking heart looks beyond our circumstances. This is, this is where it becomes tough, right? Especially when the suffering is so great especially when you're reminded almost every moment of every day or every time you look in the mirror or every time you have a phone call or every time you look at your bills or something like that, that we have trouble. It's difficult to look beyond or to look through. Remember, Jesus isn't asking us to ignore them. He said, we're going to have trouble, but he's asking us to look through them, to see the definitions to see our identity as being, as being given to us through scripture, given to us through our relationship with God, set in stone by God himself and demonstrated through the work of Jesus and the power not only in his life and his death and his resurrection, but his ascension. And then the sharing of the spirit, his presence in us. And that takes faith. And that is exactly the gift that, that God offers. Part of that taking heart is part of that invitation is to say, here's some faith as well from God. So let's let our theme for 2024 take heart. Take heart, individual. 
beloved of God, even though sometimes I recognize it doesn't feel that way. God has made a way for you to be with him and through him to navigate these challenges. Take heart, family, despite the challenges that raising kids brings, despite challenges of marriages, despite challenges of external forces that seem to put pressure on you as a family and you're not sure where to go, take heart. Jesus has overcome all of that. Let's follow him. Let's take his cues. Let's continue to encourage each other. Let's continue to encourage each other to trust. And then let's take heart community. The paralytic man needed a community around him. We have some some literally but also metaphorically paralytic men and women in our in our community who is going to rally around them who is going to carry them to Jesus on the other side i hope we're not a community that is sort of like what the suffering woman experienced right I hope that this in 2024, we don't crowd around so much that we make it hard for people to get to Jesus. We make room, right? What if we identified those suffering in our midst and said, here, let me show you, let me help you. There he is right there. I'll show you where Jesus is. I'll help you find a way. I'll walk with you there. Because you're right. He can heal you. And then finally, as we finish off here this morning, let me just uh, encourage us that what does this mean, right? Jesus gives us this message that he has overcome the world. Right together, he says, I have said this to you so that in me you might have peace. This is John 16, 33. In the world, you face trouble, but take heart, I have conquered the world. How do we then communicate that? How do we then respond? I thought about this this morning. I wasn't going to say anything, but I thought, well, maybe it's worth a comment. How do we communicate this? How do we declare this to the world around us? What, What kind of message does the rest of Victoria need to know from Central about Jesus overcoming the world? I hate to do this, but... Is, are we supposed to be like the Swedish fans yesterday when they beat Canada in the World Junior Hockey game where they were singing and taunting and saying, ah, look at us, we're better, we're so much better, we're victorious, we're going to win? Nah, that's not how we communicate, right? Jesus' triumph. And yet, I think sometimes we, get, we, we feel that temptation, right? When everything, when people are making decisions, when whether it's our political leaders or whether it's other leaders in, in our community making decisions or whether it's, it's other sort of streams of thought, th- then we say, th- you know, then we, we mock or we, we ridicule. Let's not communicate like that. Let's communicate this message not in a triumphant way as if we're the best, but as an invitation. We're all in trouble together. And Christ tells each of us to take heart. 
We have words, the words of Jesus. We have our relationship with Jesus, the ability to be in him, with him, and for him. We have the, the peace, the shalom that is present when we are in him, when we are living out for him. In the midst of the trouble that is inevitable in this life. And then little by little by little, we will recognize that Jesus wasn't, it wasn't just true back then, or it's not just true in general, but it's true ultimately in reality that he has overcome this world. Jesus has overcome 2024. So central, let's take heart. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for these words we have in your scripture. We have this um, wonderful um, encouragement. And yet, God, you know, right? I mean, I know. Even It doesn't take me long to think of my own life and even those that, that I know that are, that are experiencing challenges, deep challenges. That make it, that, that, that obscure that can obscure these words or that can distort these words of taking heart. And so, Father, we need you to work. We need you to, to have your way with us. We need you to come and warm our hearts and, and, and move in us to shape us and form us uh, as a community that, 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 that comes alongside those that are suffering, that comes alongside those that are, are struggling and that will we'll, we'll carry them to you that we'll make a way for, for them to come to you. But we need you. We need your help. Father, whether we need to commit more to your word, whether we need to come alongside people, whether we need to just recognize that our own life, we need to make a decision before you that, to submit to you and experience your grace and your saving, uh, your, your salvation. Father, we need your spirit to work. Would you please work in us? Have your way with us. And then, Father, as we communicate, as we declare, as we live out these things, Father, would you help us, give us grace to be able to communicate with the rest of Victoria, with our neighbors, our coworkers, our peers, our teammates, our classmates, everybody, that we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Thank you for the victory that we, that we have through Christ and give us the grace to be able to communicate that with the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to take a moment to thank you for listening and we invite you to join us on Sunday mornings in person or online. For more information about who we are and what's happening at the church, visit us online at centralbaptistchurch.ca. Thanks for listening to the Central Baptist Church Victoria podcast.